Are you an Aussie tradie and your paperwork is shady? Do the darkest farm side keep you up late at night? Are you sick of pushing paper? Swinging your tools the more you gave up. Call us the tricks of your trade. Welcome to the Tricks of Your Trade podcast, where we talk about trade business topics to help you get through business life unscathed. Does the bill to pay you late and your cash flow fluctuates? Do you dread the office work? Can't afford a full-time clerk? Consider working smarter. Don't be a business smarter. Call us the Tricks of Your Trade. Hello and welcome to the Tricks of Your Trade podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Serson, construction adjudicator and director of Tricks of Your Trade. This is a bonus episode, episode number four, and I wanted to bring it to you today out of schedule because there are some legislative changes that have just come into effect this month uh, with regard to insolvent trading and essentially small businesses and their ability to restructure to avoid payment of debts. So there's a bucket load of economical chatter at the moment about the likelihood of insolvency for businesses because of COVID and because of the end of government assistance that's been going on. And we as subcontractors have always got one eye open with our builders about their conduct and the way that they are operating so that we can be on the front foot if we think that they are going to to go broke uh, and make sure that we've got as much money that they owe us quarantined in our own bank accounts before that happens. So I've got a little bit of a list here of some of the main signs that you might notice uh, or things that you can see happening around the place that might trigger in your mind, well, hang on a second, this builder's looking a bit shady. Maybe I need to cover myself a little bit better here. So I just need to preface this episode uh, with saying, look, this is not an accusation that if your builder is doing one of these things that they're going broke. Sometimes these things just happen. Sometimes builders will actually take some of these measures as good business practice to make better margin and protect their money. So if you do see your builder doing one of these things randomly, I'm, I'm not saying they're definitely not going broke, but what I'm saying is don't go racing out the gates accusing them or talking to other subbies, you know, rumor mongering saying that you, you think the builder might be going broke because he sold a vehicle or something like that. Um, you really need to look at the whole context of how things are going. And if your builder is showing sort of three or four of these signs or more, uh, then that is cause for you to do your due diligence and cause for you to really batten down the hatches on your admin processes to make sure that you're getting your money in when you uh, have it due and, and payable. So the first, uh, first sign that you might notice, uh, and this is usually the first thing that happens when staff get wind that the builder is struggling financially, is just a mass exodus of staff from the builder's, uh, builder's camp. And so you might see that sort of catalyze in ways where suddenly everyone will resign all at once. Or you might see people start to move on to other jobs, or you might see one CA stretched across five of the builder's jobs. They may be um, ridiculously under-resourced or it could be that they've got good long-term employees that they've had for a very long time on their payroll that suddenly just resign and disappear and you see two or three or four or five of these guys disappear all at once. That uh, does ring warning signs to an extent, but when they're not recruiting to replace them, that's when you need to start to think, okay, well, what's the builder doing? Do they not have work moving forward? Uh, and then the other thing is if the subbies are, 
exiting as well. If you've got subbies walking off your building site because they're not being paid or because they're getting wind through the rumour mill or one of the uh, old staff who left the builder's company might have said something to one of the subbies and now everyone on site knows what's going on. That can be an indication that your builder is struggling financially. So if the builder's trickle feeding your monthly payments, that's the second sign that you're going to sort of tweak your interest and go, well, hang on a second, something's changed here with how you're paying us. If they're trickle feeding your monthly payments, so they give you $10,000 on the due date and then they give you $5,000 the next week after that and then they give you what's whatever the rest of your claim amount was or you know if you're claiming a few hundred thousand dollars and you get $100,000 one day and then another $100,000 the next day, that can be an indication that the builder is really relying on money to hit their bank account to be able to pay out their, like pay out the money's owed to their subbies. The other thing that you need to keep an eye on, and this is really under the same um, vein, is if they cut down your payment claims by a percentage every single month. So a good example, we had a client last year who was working for one particular builder on multiple jobs. I'm talking five or six jobs. And every single month, without fail, they would find an excuse to cut the variations down uh, or to cut something down on the payment claim by exactly 20% of the payment claim amount. And it was, I worked it out every time it happened to be within, you know, 0.00 of a decimal place where you would just go, this is too much of a coincidence. These these contracts administrators are obviously being given a direction from management to find 20% off each payment claim. And so that can be an indication that your builder is struggling financially because they really are just trying to kick the can down the road uh, and take, take the top off everyone's payments. And they do it in a way that it's not enough that you're going to suspend work and you try not to rock the boat because you're worried about your relationships. But by doing that, what you're doing is you're telling them that their behavior is working. You're telling them that the strategy is effective, that they are able to essentially finance, um, bankroll their projects by cutting the top off your payment claims every single month. And if they do it on multiple jobs and you can work it out to be to a typical percentage amount, uh, then that is a very big sign that the builder is struggling financially. Now, the third sign is when there's a dispute under the head contract. And there's two reasons this can be an indication that the builder is struggling financially. One is that the builder might not be doing his best work. So there might be defects, there might be problems with resourcing the job with, say, you know, big heavy, big ticket items like concrete, they might have delayed putting the crane on site, so programming might be out, all those types of things. And so that's how disputes arise under the head contract is typically when the project is being delayed uh, astronomically or if the principal is not paying the builder. And so here's the other end of the stick is that if there's a dispute under the head contract, and the principal is not paying the builder, that increases the likelihood that the builder's not going to pay you because he may be relying on the money from the principal to pay you. And so if you suddenly see the builder suspend work under the head contract, that can be cause for concern. Uh, I'm not saying that that is always an indication that the builder is struggling financially, but it could be that because of the suspension and the dispute, the builder then struggles financially after that. 
So this is where projects go bad that we've seen in the past, uh, where a project will be suspended for a long time. And we know that the principal is relying on the profit from the job or to open the building for business. And so there's other losses involved. So that one there is a tough one. You'll either notice it because so, uh, they'll suspend work under the head contract or the contract will be terminated uh, under the head contract. Or uh, there might be an adjudication and the decision is publicly published or you find out uh, you know, through the grapevine that there's this dispute because somebody in the builder's camp is talking to you about it. And oftentimes the builder's camp will talk about these things because they're a big deal. So keep that one in mind. That one is not a standalone, oh my goodness, my builder suspended work, they must be going broke. Please don't think that I'm saying that. What I'm saying is you need to take these uh, signs into consideration with the whole of context. So the other sign that your builder might be struggling, and this is, this is definitely one where you need to take it into a whole of context approach because builders will market all the time. They'll market to try to win work. But if you suddenly see all of the first things that I've been talking about, and then you see your builder come out the gates on social media and you know publicly marketing the hell out of their business, that is a sign that they might be trying to win work. It's also an indication when you see their site fencing everywhere. So, uh, you know, I think it was 2015, we saw particular builders down the Gold Coast who had their shade cloth on every single site fence. And we were driving around and my husband said to me, look, Look at all this work that this builder's won. Isn't that amazing? They must be doing so well. And I said to him, that just really bloody worries me that they might be buying a lot of jobs because their cash flow is shot. And he just sort of looked at me with his mouth open and went, wow, I hadn't thought of it like that. But it can be a sign if your builder suddenly wins so much work that it is obvious. It is obvious that you think, well, how lucky could they have been? Did they get a new estimator and suddenly they've either cocked up all of their pricing or they have tried to buy a few jobs to have their uh, cash flow turnover increased. Now, number five, look, if you see a large scale sale of plant and equipment uh, by your builder, and I'm talking about cranes, vehicles, um, scaffold and you really need to be looking around the place for this type of stuff because you won't just stumble across it but uh, if you see your builder start to sell a whole lot of stuff that could be an indication that they're struggling financially so this sort of feeds into the next sign as well that you should be looking at and that is a major downsizing of office space or closure of their regional offices so typically regional offices will go first uh, and they'll close those down and they might, you know, the staff might leave or they might move on. But then you will see the builder, they'll need to sell a whole heap of stuff because they won't have room because they don't have regional offices or places to keep them anymore. But if you see mass sales of fleet of vehicles, so first of all, you've seen a mass exodus of staff, you've seen all the staff resign and then you're seeing all of their vehicles be sold and you're not seeing the builder recruit you know something's afoot there. That is, a, that is a strong indication that things are changing and the builder's plans for their future moving forward are not in line with your plans to work for them. Now, the next one, you go to get a trade credit insurance policy for your builder and they won't give you one. 
look, that's a pretty sure fire sign that your builder is struggling because trade credit insurers are privy to some pretty great information. They do their due diligence just about better than anyone else I've seen. And if they're going to give insurance uh, over a builder to, you know, 400 subcontractors, they bloody well want to know that this guy doesn't already owe someone some money or that there's not something afoot there. So if anyone's going to have their finger on the pulse with whether or not the builder is struggling financially or have had some kind of financial incident in the um, recent past, it will be the trade credit and insurance policy uh, providers. So if you go to the broker, and this is one of the free easiest checks you can do in terms of if you're working for someone, is just to call up a trade credit insurance broker and say to them, can you please um, give me a quote for a policy to cover this project or you know, for our turnover and here are our builders, here are our list of builders and you can actually have them come back and give you feedback. They'll tell you if there are particular builders that they will not cover. Now the next one, uh, the builder suddenly changes their ABN or they start trading out of a sister company simultaneously. And so you're working on one project, you're turning up to one job site and all of a sudden you start receiving payments from two different entities or you might receive a purchase order from a different entity to do work on the same job. Now the problem with this is that you need to start thinking about whether or not the builder is acting responsibly in terms of financial reporting and things like that. You can try and say, well, look, this wasn't my fault. The builder did what he did. But if you can see this type of conduct cropping up, the likelihood that you're going to get burned along the way or tipped into the problem is much higher. So it is in your interest to not just ignore it and say, well, if he's doing naughty stuff, that's his problem. Uh, you know, if he's robbing Peter to pay Paul, why should I care as long as I get paid? Well, the reality is if you go and try and debt recover uh, and you've got a signed contract, a subcontract with one entity, and then you've got a purchase order from another entity and you're giving one payment claim to one entity, then you're probably going to come administratively unstuck when you try and give your payment claim. And then when you come to somebody like me and you say, can you please help me with my adjudication application? We're going to have a real problem because we'll have two different entities that we will have undertaken to carry out work for. So it can get really sticky. Now, the other thing is you've got to think about, well, what's this guy got going on? Has he got a licensing issue? Is he really struggling that bad to pay me out of one entity that he needs to give me 10, 15, $50,000 out of a different entity. What's going on? Let's be wary of this and look at it in the context of all of these other symptoms of is my builder struggling financially? Now, this is the last symptom uh, that I'm, or the last sign that I'm really going to flag to you guys. And this is something that I see happen with builders all the time anyway. So this is, this is one where they're probably just being a builder. Um, but the reason this is important to mention is because it's an indication that in real time, your builder's not making a margin on the job that you're working on. And that will have a knock-on effect. It's like a Mexican wave if it gets rolled into the next job and the next job and the next job. And so when your builder asks you this question, I want you to think about how many other subbies do we think he might have asked this question as well? So the builder says to you, look, we're going to cut down your payment claim or we're going to keep your attention but we'll give you the next job 
if you take a hit on this job. So will you take a hit on this job for preference on the next job? Now, if your builder is asking subcontractors to do that, he's pretty much just asking you for money for jam, really, isn't he? He's just saying, hey, can you just subsidise my project? I didn't make any money. And then he's giving you the carrot of the next job. But how tight do you think the next project is going to be if he's been to every single subby and said, hey, take it on this job. I'll give you the next job. All of the subbies that are walking into the next job are going to be peeved off from the get go. Uh, and do you really want to be working on a job like that? There's trust issues from the start. You know, the builder's got form. And so you're walking into the next job knowing that he's likely to do this again at the end of the next job. And you've walked away from your ability to pursue uh, the money at the time uh, on the current job. And so oftentimes I have people call me up and they say, this builder owes me $250,000. And I say, okay, where's the payment claim? And the payment claim is $75,000. And I say, well, why do you say he owes you $250,000? Oh, because he did this to me on the last job. Well, okay, well, you're out of time to do anything about the last job. So all we can do, do now is deal with this current job. And they, then when we go through the dispute, and if they do get paid for the current job, the first thing they say is, well, how do I get the money back on the last job? And the answer is most of the time, you have to take into court, mate. And if you signed a deed of release or you settled out of that money, you've got no real right to do anything about it now. So that concludes uh, my podcast, bonus podcast on... Uh, some of the signs that you should be looking out for that your builder might be struggling financially. Uh, I hope this was helpful. It is a midweek bonus podcast. So uh, I will still be doing my podcast on Friday this week. And that podcast is about five more uh, bullshit reasons your builder's giving you for not paying you or putting your payment claim on hold. So tune in. It's a whiz bang one. And it's actually, um, there's one really good answer you can give them for all five reasons. So it's Even if you only listen to that podcast, you will get so much out of it. You'll get five answers for the price of one. So if you have any questions about this podcast, you can contact me at questions at tricksofyourtrade.com.au or you can go to my website, www.tricksofyourtrade.com.au. Have a fantastic week.